Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host Dr. Stephen Platt, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode and this week we are marking the kickoff of the Women's World Cup! Woohoo! Yeah. Yes, uh, the world's biggest football tournament is kicking off here in Australia and in our uh, neighbour's uh, country, New Zealand, and uh, we thought we'd mark the occasion by watching arguably the best film about women's football, or at least certainly the most well-known one, <laughs> uh, 2002's Bend It Like Beckham. I was here to watch Mean Machine. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we could have, but I, I feel like Bend It Like Beckham is just a little more little more appropriate. We didn't do um, um, uh, Escape to Victory. We, 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 we eschewed all the other football films. All right, all right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because this one is actually about women's football, um, funnily enough. So yes, uh, Bend It Like Beckham. I'm joined, as always, by someone who has seen the film before and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it's Wade Ellis. Hi, Steve. Thanks for having me along. You're welcome. Uh, Wade, what do you know about Bend It Like Beckham? I, look, I remember when it came out, I saw the trailer and I went, this is a film not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because it, it had David Beckham and um, <laughs> I, I just don't like that team. What, the, the England team? Yeah. No, well, no. Didn't he used to play for Man U at the time? He, at the time, he was playing for Manchester United. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and as an Arsenal fan, I just felt like mm. I'd be betraying them a little bit by going to see it. So Yeah, that's, that's fair. I, I will warn you, trigger warning, there is some Manchester United featured in this film. See, in this is why of, yeah. I didn't see it, so obviously yeah. I was right. Yes, so. uh, you, you were. You were Ian Wright, right, right. Um and and I suppose with um, obviously the, the Women's World Cup coming up, um, you know there will be matches. Some even taking place here in Perth. Which oh, is, so excited! Yeah, so yeah, we just... have six whole group games. I mean, it's something. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. Um, but are, are you um, interested in in the World Cup at all? Absolutely. Already watched the uh, warm up game of Australia versus France, which oh, they yes. won one zip. One so zip indeed. That was actually a really fun and exciting game. Excellent. Yes. So. And uh, I, I will ask both of you this, uh, although I, I will not hold it against you if you don't get it right who do you think is going to win the women's world cup wade i don't think australia will okay um i think they probably get to about the quarterfinals okay um and i'm not sure i think it's actually going to be a little bit of a tussle this mm. time around a little bit i think there's a, a much more of an equal playing field mm. and i think it's going to be really interesting to see everyone's going to be out of their comfort zone mm. as well um, in coming to Australia mm. uh, because we don't have a lot of uh, international soccer teams mm-hmm. um, and that's men's, women's or anything. We don't get a lot of those games sort of coming down. So I think it's just going to be a, a really fun time to go and see Excellent. how everything goes and I just hope the home crowd gets behind Australia and, and we can actually do quite well. Excellent. I noticed you didn't pick a team there. but right. I, I won't, was, that, was that very good? <laughs> I, won't, I won't hold you to the fire there. Uh, luckily, we do have someone who has seen the film. Uh, it is Kate Sophia Willoughby. Hello. How are you, Kate? I'm good. How are you, Stephen? I'm well, actually. Very excited. There's a World Cup starting this week. I didn't know that it was on. <laughs> I... <laughs> Okay. I don't, I don't, yeah, I didn't know it was on. But, that makes sense. Mm. I've heard people talking about it and I was like, oh, yeah, soccer. But I didn't know it was here in Australia. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's um, games, games are plenty for the next three to four weeks. Wow, mm. I feel like a terrible woman. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, because I don't follow, I don't follow soccer. I was going to say, you, you're not a, a football or soccer fan. No. No, so yeah. that's, that's fair. Like, I don't expect you to be across every single thing a woman is doing in the world. I know, but it seems like a big deal. <laughs> I mean, it's a big deal. It's the first time 
Australia has hosted um, a, a World Cup in the men's or women's game. Um, oh, wow. So, like, it, it is a pretty big deal. Um, it's, you know, it's big bickies, and it's very exciting. Mm. And I just, I, I'm, I'm, I've kind of been jonesing it for a little bit since the men's World Cup wrapped up about six months ago. So I'm just very excited we get another one almost straight away. Nice, uh, that's but, really good. But bend it like Beckham. Yes. Because we are here to talk about the film uh, and yeah. not the World Cup. And I'll try my best throughout the episode to remember that, uh, listeners. Um, in a vague, non-spoilery sort of way, what's what's bend it like Beckham about? Uh, so it's about uh, a, a young girl um, that wants to be a soccer player. Uh, she loves soccer, um, but uh, she's, I think she's first generation or second generation um, uh, immigrant. Uh, and her family is, uh, I can't remember if their family's from India or um, Pakistan, because they're very different. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, uh, and, um, but her family don't think that that's something that she should do because of, of because of sexism like sexism and culture and um uh, of i guess the classic of being a sporty girl is not something that anybody really did what i mean it's still sort of looked down upon even now so especially in the 90s and early 2000s being a, a girl into sports anyway mm. you know and then add on cultural pressure so it's sort of that she's stuck between two worlds i suppose being growing up in england feeling like an English girl that loves her sport Mm. um, and living in London um, and then having her more traditional family. So it's that. And then she meets um, someone that loves soccer and uh, and I think that might be Keira Knightley's character. Mm. Um, Yes, there is a Keira Knightley in this. Yes, yes, I do. I saw the trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And uh, and she, yeah, so she's keeping it, she's keeping playing soccer from her family. So that's really, without giving it sort of like that whole like, she won't tell her family about it, so she's just lying that she's doing it. So mm. it's a, it's kind of, yeah, it's mm. that kind of. Who it's it's, are you? it's Billy Elliot, but with her football. Yeah, actually, there we go. Yeah, it's Billy Elliot, but they swapped it. So it's instead of instead of a boy and ballet, it's a girl and soccer. I see. Um, I was going to say, is it like the Google ad out at the moment mm. about AFL? So where it has the um, African family coming in and the daughter's trying to learn how to play football and he keeps Googling. The dad keeps oh. Googling how to do everything. and Oh, well, that's a supportive parent. <laughs> I mean, that, I mean that, that's a supportive part. So maybe that's the, the updated version of Bend Perhaps. It Like Beckham. Yeah. So, Bend It Like Beckham 2, where the conflict is not in the film. Yeah, well, I guess um, I think it's the Bend It... Because I'm guessing... I can't remember from the film, but I think it is mentioned like that it was obviously a kick that Beckham did or it was a footy kick and he was popular for doing something at that time. He, he was, was indeed. I'm putting spin on the ball. Yeah. So, yes. And his so, goal kicking abilities. Yes. Like, yeah. So that's something that she, I think she wants to be like, mm. that's, yeah, something that she's really into. Yeah. Um, as, as, as someone that was growing up in the UK at the time that this film came out, mm. um, I am curious to see what it would be like revisiting what is basically my childhood. Yes. Uh, but also, um, I, I, I don't think it's really possible to express just how culturally significant david beckham was for a few years there like 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 it's like whatever you think it was it was more so um Mm -hmm. and the the main character being a a fan of david beckham in particular in this film is that that was just a normal thing for a child to be in the uk at that time Mm -hmm. certainly uh english child or uh you know supporter of the national team that that sort of thing um yeah it's it's gonna be it's going to be very interesting yeah. to look it's back at it it's also a film that feels uh that feels like it should be gay as well but it's not mm. like it's a film that you're like oh. oh it should be gay but it's not but i think a part of you is like 
they were probably trying to go against the stereotypes that if you're into sport that you're gay. So oh, as a, as a woman, uh, with, yeah, as yeah. a woman, yeah. yeah. So, but you sort of watch it, and I think there are a lot of people that are like, yeah, it should have been gay. But I'm like, hey, look, they were fighting different things. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a different battle. They were they it were. It was fighting. a different battle. Yeah. Um. Do do you reckon you you've got a hot tip for who's going to win the women's world cup in the okay, next couple I'm of weeks? Tell you who do you think. I part of me as an Australian, I should just be like, oh yeah, Australia. Um, but mm. I, the only advantage they would have is if they'll our weather's not even that hot. See, if our weather was hotter, <laughs> you could at least get everybody else going. Yeah, you can't handle it. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like it is there. A, I don't know. Is Brazil? Brazil are in the in the tournament. Yeah, yeah I feel like there are other countries that are better at it. Mm. Um, uh, is there? Uh, um, well, Australia's only ranked ninth. I don't have the rankings in front of I, I me, think but they're, they're not the top 10, ranked team. So yeah. Bra- yeah. yeah, Brazil are, are not a bad shout. Brazil, funnily enough, in the women's game have never won the World Cup. The men's team has won the World Cup five times, but the women's team have never won. But they are, mm. and this, this may not sound as good in about three or four weeks' time if you're listening, folks, but I think they would be a dark horse. I, I think mm. that they've got a really decent chance of doing well okay. in this tournament. Who do you think is going to win? I actually genuinely think Australia will win it. I mean, um, I've got my as, fingers crossed. Yeah. I really do. As an Aussie, so. I, I'd go, mm. okay, let's do it. Yeah, um, the, the favourites the USA because they're always yeah. the favourites and they do tend to win. But their team is, from, from what I understand, I don't watch as much uh, international women's football as I do men's football. But from my understanding from what I've seen is that the, the a lot of the American women's team are really great players who are coming to the end of their career. Uh, oh, like okay, um, yeah. like uh, Megan Rapinoe has said, this is it for her. She's retiring, and I think she's thirty nine as well. So, hey mate, that makes sense. Yeah, so th- there are you know they're, they're a team of greats who have been absolutely fantastic, but they're starting to get a bit older. The, the I think the England team would have been the favourites were it not for the injuries that they've picked up in the last month. They've Ooh. lost two or three players oh, that okay. are pretty important yeah. to injury. France are, are obviously not bad, as we saw in that friendly. Uh, rank five, yeah, fifth. yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, France is certainly there. Brazil, I'd say. Basically, I think if if Sam Kerr stays fit, Australia have got a really good chance of winning the World Cup. That oh, that's what it comes down to. I think she's yeah. the 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 most informed player at the moment when it comes to the women's game. Yep. Um, and I think you know the fact that she's <laughs> captaining the Australian side in a home tournament. I, I think there will never be a better chance for the, for the for the Matildas to win, and so I think they will. I, or at the very least, they'll go quite far. I think se- I, se- I, semis at least. No, look, I, I'm going quarters just to mm. be cautious, <laughs> but I'm really hoping they just fend off and all the way straight and through. So. Yes, well, we'll wait and see. And of course, with New Zealand also being a host nation, they've got a chance of doing maybe slightly better than we'd expect them to as well. Mm. Uh, well, uh, that's enough for sports wrap uh, for this episode. <laughs> but uh, should, should we actually watch Bend It Like Beckham? Yeah, let's go back to 2002, three. Two. 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 Yeah, but it was probably shot in 2001. So let's... Go back a bit further. Yeah, let's go back a bit further. <laughs> yeah, let's go back to the early 2000s. Woo, woo, woo. Okay, for those of you oh, listening in... Uh, <laughs> for those of you listening in, pop on those DVDs, load up those streaming services, and prepare to curl one in from 25 yards out against Greece in the 92nd minute as we watch Bend It Like Beckham.
Welcome back, everybody. We've just finished watching Bend It Like Beckham, and by we, I of course mean Kate Sophia Willoughby. Hello. And Wade Ellis. Howdy doody. Uh, Wade, you are our special guest who had not seen the film. Uh, so that was your first time watching Bend It Like Beckham. What did you think? I actually quite liked it. Yeah? I, I, and I was, I was going in not expecting... Well, I was expecting to like it more than I would have if I had watched it when it first came out. Um, okay. So, and I think it's just because I found it a nice easy watch film mm. um the characters while some were 2d um and there was a little they dated a little mm. um but i still quite liked it overall it was just a very easy going film it touched on it, it's the way that i like my movies that are designed to try and make you think yeah um so usually i mean that that wasn't a deep dive into culture shock and everything that it had there but I, I think the way that they handled it was quite deft. So mm. um, it had enough to, for the majority of people, just to enjoy a film. Uh, and it had a little bit there for people who wanted to think about things and to be able to approach different issues that might have been prevalent, mm. uh, especially about coming about women's sport and things like that. So yeah. it, it does feel like they touched on quite a lot of different areas. So and, much. And without yeah. going into... Like it wasn't like this was the film about this issue or this was the film about no. this issue. It really did just feel like this is a film about this person, Jess, who is yeah. whose his experience is touching upon multiple aspects of absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's what makes I think yeah, the, the, like real life because obviously the, it was clearly written and directed and by someone by the um, uh, by like a woman and a woman like from that community and. You, it feels real and it shows how intersectional everything is like it's not just one thing that's sort of real life everything's more complicated mm. and because it's not about any of that it's just well this is the existence of it that itself can be a critique or a reflection or a trying to show an understanding of where people are coming from um and i think that's what made them all the more real and in depth which yeah, I, which I liked. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and the fact is, is um, you know, this is um, as you say, it was written, directed um, by Gurinder Chadha, who is an Indian female um, movie maker. Yeah. Um, was co-written with um, Paul Burgess and um, Guljit Bindra, but but um, Gurinder Chadha was the the writer director who was in charge of it. And yeah, yeah, that that does come across. That clearly comes across that um, it, it it's pulling from like the experiences of being in um, uh, Punjabi Sikh families at that time and being, you know, mm. uh, first generation um, in, in a new country yeah. and all of those things. It was, um, yeah, it's, it, I haven't watched this film in probably about, probably 20 years. I don't think I've actually watched it since I first saw it. Yeah, it's got it's got so much going on, Like, but it's mm. also just like the little things of just, of... It's never saying one is bad and one is good, you know, like no. it's, it, um, and we, it just shows the, how things are complicated. Like even the thing of her just going, oh, you know, it's so great that her mum is like so pro her soccer. And then you go, then, you know, she's assuming that because she's a white English mum, that that must be, you know, and you're like, no, that's not something that she's necessarily mm. experiencing. It's sort of that like a, a assumption of the other cultural pressures, even mm. though you're only seeing snippets, you're, it's, they're there but in different places um and um and the depth of the mum of like even things like colorism and um 
beauty standards and like that stuff like working you know I've worked with um um with young girls um in similar like in similar situations that are first generation um that do talk about I think some of the issues that are in the film now and it's you know 2023 mm. where um so where they've made theater and it's it's had very similar elements that now after watching it, like the, you know, even just the simple thing of like, you know, the auntie network of just mm. one person sees something and it, you know, um, and working with the girls, you bring up aunties and they will like, they'll know how to, how to act out. These 15 year old girls will go, I know exactly what an auntie is and yeah. what she looks like and how she behaves and stuff. So it shows a real depth of the world and also just how complicated it is. Like I sometimes films go, Oh, see, the immigrant family, everything's in the past and like, you know, it's dated and it's bad or, you know, I think it just showed it's complicated. Mm. One isn't better than the other. One is inherently better than the other. And also mm. the issues that you do face, like it doesn't necessarily turn away from the fact of you might not become a professional soccer player because you are a woman, mm. but also because of your race and because of your like culture and there's so much stuff going around that and yeah. you can see what i mean why some people go oh i wish it was a gay film like because but they do show queerness but mm. it's one of those things where it's like that would be a completely different film yeah and like because it, that would just that was the whole point of the expectations of the mum assuming that she must be a lesbian and that kind of mm. her reaction to that and then how happy she was but acting like it wasn't an issue when she found out she was straight and but also then on the other side of like her um, best friend coming out like to when you know her secret is that she wants to play s soccer mm. and his is like I'm gay and he mm. can't even say the words but it's just it's that kind of mm. hiding yourself for cultural acceptance in different ways yeah um, yeah yeah it's it, it is really fascinating to look at um, particularly because it is more than 20 years old yeah and I was a little concerned coming into this that it was going to feel dated because the the sort of themes and topics that they were touching on it doesn't were, feel dated at all well that's just it i was no. worried that maybe that over the approach or some of the topics they were touching on were going to be considered dated because obviously our, our discourse is um uh, a, a bit more open than it was in the early 2000s about things like sexual identity and, and yeah. things like that um but no this felt very still contemporary you know which you, does say something <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, there'd be different stuff. Like when the mum, when the dad was like, oh, they thought they treated, what was the guy? George name? Michael. George Michael so badly. Like, <laughs> but it is, so there are some references that are showing like the time mm. where there's that extra context where there might not be, I think it wouldn't be as like worrisome compared to, like, I think it mm. would be there, but not as much. Potentially. Although, t to be perfectly honest, yeah. Um, you have a film basically named after a pop culture icon. Yeah. So pop culture references are always going to be. Well, well, oh, no, yes, no. I meant that, like the reaction. Sense, I meant like, and say if the film was made right now, I think mm. the mum confronting the girl at the, um, the, the, wedding. At the wedding at the wedding yeah. wouldn't have happened. I think it, the, the most they would have gone is that acceptance, that kind of like, oh, crap. Mm. She, I think she's a lesbian and just that sort of awkwardness and possible oh. acceptance. I think mm. that that's maybe whether that would be true. Yeah. I think a lot of films would probably just go maybe more in that awkward direction. Like when you see it, not awkward, but like, um, you know, like Olivia Coleman and like, um, 
uh, like in Heartbreakers when the, her son comes out like bisexual it's that kind of like awkwardness but caring but mm. a bit not knowing what to do yeah um I think maybe that's a direction they'd do it for now. But that being said, the reaction was still very real. Yeah. And all of it felt very realistic with all of the parents. None of it felt... Mm. Even the 2D of still felt real because it's still from the perspective of the teenagers. Well, that's just it. It, so, it felt authentic because what you were watching was lived experience. Yeah, um, it felt real. It, none of it felt like... Yeah. No, no, because you, you were watching... Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. and while the other characters were around, so you were watching what was happening to them from that sort of... And that's why when I say lived experience and authentic, yeah. it's because you're actually watching from that perspective. You're watching that character yeah. um, through that lived-in experience. And we are very much viewing characters like Jules's mum and, yeah. and Jess's parents very much from the perspective of of them as yes. as teenagers because you know we're, we're on their side because they are the protagonists and they've been positioned mm. to be the people that we support. So... It, it does feel as though the performances, particularly of Jules's mum, are very yeah. much like playing into something that is a bit more cartoony and stereotypy because that's how it's that's how she's viewed by her daughter. Mm. Yeah, it feels like the first person perspective, even mm. though we're watching Jess. Yeah. So that that's why I say following that experience. Yeah. In that sort of case. So and that's yeah. why because it very could have very easily could have gone into soap territory or melodrama or mm. anything like that with yeah. the amount of topics that they they touched on but mm. because there wasn't that in-depth analysis it was as you said the teenager's perspective on mm. that from that first person point of view that's why you had those little pieces mm. um it's why you had the 2d characters because you don't really sort of understand your parents until you get a bit older and things like that yeah so. and, and also that the, the, some of the characters you know they they start out as 2d like i think it's interesting looking at both of the mums in this yeah mm. um like because because we we focus a bit more on jules's mum because she's a bit more colorful and a bit more almost comic relief with with her she's a little englander she's very typical you know she says oh i supported matrina and that all over as much as anyone like you know those kind of things where it's just yep we all know people like that but i think um jess's mum as well yeah starts out being and pretty much throughout the film is you know sort of very much the stereotypical indian mum yep. where nothing's ever good enough you know mm. she's she's like why why couldn't god send me daughters that behaved and things like that but by the end of the film my, my reading was you see how the culture is starting to shape the the girls how pinky and and jess are starting to accept aspects of their culture because it's because they, as they say, do you want to be the the person that gets stared at at family events forever because you brought a white boy home? Mm. Like, like that cultural pressure is there, and it did make me empathise with their mum, who was obviously like, uh, if not born in in Britain, like like was it, it was an immigrant. I'm su- I'm suspecting that she emigrated and had to um, live with her husband, uh, realising coming over and her husband mm. losing that, like when he sort of said that he stopped playing. Like, yeah. so it's that's the thing. She's witnessed stuff and the racism that they would have experienced and but also on the flip side when even when um uh everyone just like you know my parents are really high strung because of the wedding i think it's very fitting the fact Mm. that it was after the wedding the marriage is done Mm. she's been offered a scholarship to a university yeah a college i suppose Mm. that her mum was like well i've taught her to for cooking so she can look after herself what more can you hope for it's that kind of like also there is that because you do see the pressure. The wedding was called off when they thought that the, someone, an auntie, did see what they thought... saw was a white guy like making mm. out. So it, the, her sister's marriage was stopped for a bit. So it does show like mm. 
that there are these uh, cultural differences, right? Mm. Of like, it's not as simple as follow your dreams, stand up to your parents. It's like, no, it's more of a, there's such a community based thing. Yeah. And the, all that pressure. And so the mum's not, and neither's the dad. They're, they're, just, they're not a bad person. And even then you can see they're like, we gave our daughter a car. We gave them a computer. Like you can see that they're a very loving family mm. and that there's so much love and respect in the family. It's just that kind of parental slash generational slash cultural thing but they clearly care about both parents they clearly like both they're clearly loving parents and i think shows that they just really are trying to figure out how to communicate with their kids Mm. um and trying to find that middle ground i suppose what did you think about pinky as a character then okay um oh wait which one was the sister the sister sister. i thought yes I thought, because again, they're showing little things about that, that sense of, um, you know, uh, you know, about, I can't wear the blue contact lenses, you know, this kind of acting on her friends that sort of acting like the English, you know, that kind of like the fear of not embracing your culture, but then still loving it. Mm. Um, and towing that line and she was never looked down upon. Like she was never, she gave, she, she, Sold out her sister after her wedding broke up. I would totally understand why you'd be giving that crap. But she had her back. She never... She always tried to make sure to let her follow her dreams. Mm. And also, she never... She judged her for what other people's reactions would be. Not because of what she thought. Yeah. And even then, she was happy to marry this guy that she loves. And that she's happy to have a kid. And she puts the photo of her up on her college on the wind on on the you know the fireplace mm. and that's what i love with the movie there wasn't any demonizing like oh look at her wanting to have a love match and mm. marry another yeah, indian no. guy and get there was none of that shame it wasn't it was both of their dreams were equally valid yeah and she was a good big sister and she wasn't looked down upon because she liked feminine things yeah. she wasn't she wasn't like crapped on by like ew look at her following trends but mm. also i think that fear of of wanting to f- fit in. So they yeah. both show different ways of trying to fit in in England. I, I find it really interesting that, yeah, P- Pinky never questions her sister, like, rebelling or doing things that no. are against the parents, because obviously that's been she's Pinky's experience. But she's like, you know, when she finds out it's for playing women's football, she's like, why not break the rules for something good? Like, yeah, yeah. she <laughs> says, oh, that's even worse. She's yeah, worse. yeah. She, still, she yeah. still supports her sister doing it, even though she doesn't support what it is. Yeah. And, mm. and obviously comes around over the course of the the film but yeah yeah i I just think that that bond that they had was was really well told despite the fact there weren't a lot of scenes with them together no you really believed this yeah Mm. this how much but also like even though the mum knew that she was doing that stuff and didn't say anything that kind Mm. of turn a blind eye but turn the blind eye if it's the quote-unquote right thing Mm. and again like just those little things of like like that her daughter is her skin is like quote unquote fairer like mm. when it, uh, uh, the colorism that can exist of her mum comments about how dark she's gotten so that beauty standards or mm. you don't want to have muscles more uh, even the English the, the white English mum says the same thing guys don't want 
a muscly, a muscly girl. Yeah. Yep. And it's and so you're having these beauty standards for for women. Yeah. And that that is experienced in all cultures. And, and it's really telling that that first scene with Jules and her mum, the, the the white English characters, is in yeah. a lingerie shop. Yeah. Um, so mm. it's front and center. So she could be like, oh, not the sports bra. Like you know, it's yeah. yeah it's and really interesting. It, mm. And or like her or Pinky having like, oh, I want the tight, so I look good. And her mum's mm. like, no. And but oh, but make it tighter for the other girl because she hasn't got any boobs. Like that kind yeah. of that sort of standard of wanting to feminize you and sexualize you, but not too much. Mm. Um, just the right amount. Just the right amount. Mm. And it happens in both cultures. So I really liked it that that it was clearly going, no, they're both there mm. and they're both an issue in different reasons. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, um, and also that separation of, um, and even like for the coach, even like for the coach, like that lack of family. So mm. it's sort of that lack of connection, um, but also in the end still choosing to be the coach for a female soccer team, even though he was offered a male uh, coaching position which would have been better for him financially and stuff, but that kind of him wanting to... He's not ashamed of that sense of shame of being on a woman's team yeah. like, and being that coach of, like, he's, he he respects the players and them mm. as team players and mm. he wants to stick with that team, yeah. even if it doesn't go anywhere, it's because he's passionate about it. And I, um, I, and I think that's probably thinking about the things that have aged the most from this film, with the exception of everyone having Nokia phones and ringtones, which is lovely. Um I think the thing that has actually aged the most is the perspective on women playing football in England. Yeah. Because when this film came out, um, yeah, there the, the were women's leagues, but they were um, semi-pro at best. Like, you know, yeah. professional clubs did have mm. professional women's team, but they were very much not even a second thought in, in the operation of the yeah. club. You compare that to... And, and it was true that all of the best players did go and play in the United States because the United States and I think Germany, and it's telling they're the two locations they go, were the two locations at that time with the most professional leagues yeah. uh, where you could go and potentially have a career as a, as a professional athlete, as a woman in football. But you come to now, you come to 2023... Like, as you said, we're about to have the Women's World Cup. That was still something that happened back then. But mm. you look at the amount of players who are now professional players. You you look at the, the record fa- crowd. The record, the, the, yeah. the biggest one that I loved was that, um, obviously, for the Australia and France game, mm. over 52,000 people. Wow. At the, so, and that's the record. Um, at the MCG. For, for women uh, for, for a women's sporting event mm. in Australia. It's or, They know it's already going to be broken next week mm. or, or this week sorry um because the tickets have already sold out mm. for That's it amazing um so which is utterly amazing and look yeah. at you've got the women's league over in um oh sorry and the other thing about that that the, the french uh, versus australia game mm. was the fact that um there was an afl game going on at the same time only 39,000 uh, men's afl game Love only 39,000 people attended that one yeah so you had an extra sort of, you know, 12,000 people deciding to go hmm. and support the women's team. And I think that's just fabulous. Yeah. I think also, because we're talking about in the film, Bender like Beckham, I think, had a huge impact. Like, I remember watching this as a kid and I automatically I wanted to play soccer. Hmm. Like, and I think it's something that you didn't... Because when I was a kid, I really liked the, like, AFL footy. Like, I like sports and everything. And they used to have it... Um, I don't know what they... Oh, I can't remember what they used to call it. Um... Uh, but it was sort of like as a little kid, you know, they had the people from the AFL and they'd come and they'd give you the the footy and you'd have some of the, I think it was like the Brisbane Lions and some people came and, and kicked around. Um, and I was like under a six or seven and they were doing all these 
rounds and they were trying to gather people and I really loved it and I went up to the, the guy afterwards going oh it's be great can I be in a team and he just went oh we don't do girl team loves here you go have a football and like it was there was nothing for us so I would have been like a little kid in 2000 like in 2002 when this like film came out and it was mm. just there was no uh, Oz kicks or whatever like yeah. they, you could play a, a little bit with the kids but then if once you hit over the age of six or seven and it was actual like proper teams there weren't girl teams they didn't do it it was a soccer a footy nothing um cricket nothing right mm. so i was uh, at that age my sister was playing soccer in the 90s with which is team. really good mm. where i was in the sunshine coast yeah. there wasn't yeah. any or at least with um uh, the aussie aussie uh, league mm. uh, i forgot what they're definitely it. not as prevalent thing, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there was a thing that I used to call oz kicks or something yeah they would go around to yeah. schools and stuff and it was just something that unless you had someone in your community or someone in your area or like mm. that mm. pushed it they just didn't even like i guess even in the film mm. it was like the character she, at this beginning she was like oh i was giving crap that there wasn't any any way for me to play so mm. a team was made and yeah. You know, so it's sort of that unless... And that's that's how it was. And that's how it was. So yeah. for, for kids that might go, oh, I'd be really interested. We don't have anything. Oh. And they go, you can play netball. I was like, okay. And mm. so, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, there was just no assumption. Unless someone actually tried, it was... Yeah. It and, wasn't the assumed thing to do. And there has been a big push from that. And I think, it, we, we, I think it's important to actually like talk about this in connection with this film because... This, this this film had a massive impact. It on, really encouraged on... women to come out in well, young young girls. Yeah, yeah. Um, want to play soccer. Yeah. yeah, it would have been the first time. This film, I guarantee, would have been the first and maybe only time mm. that you saw girls mm. playing or young women mm. playing soccer. And uh, I think that I don't like a major film. It and was, the interesting yeah. thing about it is the fact they're playing football is the least interesting thing in the film because yes. it's never mm. questioned oh girls shouldn't be playing football in a general sense no. like the, there is the cultural sense and there is the you know the the, the parents concerned about you can't be a professional athlete yeah. because there aren't professional female football athletes at this yeah. time or certainly not to a standard it's, yeah it's never yeah. like oh can they you had some of the guys yeah, yeah boys but what was hilarious was they flipped the shot of you know the girls going oh look at those hunks mm. all shirtless and they're all in the park and then they just flipped it with the guys going oh yeah she looks a bit oh she's been all right yeah. like so and they let they shot them in the same what i really way. like about this is there is obviously some sexism yeah. from like some young men that go and see the game but they basically do this thing where they just say all their sexist stuff and then they run out of things to say yeah. and yeah. nobody responds and they go oh just get back oh, to the game yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll yeah. just leave yeah, yeah and yeah. i was like that was a really great way of addressing it yeah. where it's like it's just noise and the fact that the film doesn't then focus on trying to fix these trying guys to fix, it, no because they go and watch the game they're yeah. giving his mate crap but they were sitting there watching and go oh yeah whatever women can't play come on <laughs> yeah, come yeah. on what's happened like and you that, know and that's yeah. that's the brilliant thing about it and you look at the fact that um in, in 2020, the Football Association in England reported that 3.4 million girls and women were playing football, which is a 54% increase on affiliated women's and girls' teams since 2017. That's Amazing. massive. Like, like they, they had that big impact. That was around the time that the um, the, the current professional league in, in the UK really took off. Mm. Um, and, you know, there were, there were certain mandates made where it was like, right, if you're, for example, a men's professional team in the Premier League, you have to have a professional women's team. Mm. Uh, if you're in the Premier League, you have to have a professional women's team. That is that is the rule. And the thing is, it shows how people go, oh, there just aren't mm. any plays. It's like, I'm sorry, you have cultural issues of people not wanting to play. Because yeah. again, a 
Um, but also, like, yeah, if you have no career, like the mum was going, oh, look, this woman hmm. does football and she's a teacher with yeah. a kid. But that sense of, like, if you have, if you career-wise, mm. yeah, there's where are you going to go? Like, it's mm. sort of that, and you know. I feel like Bend It Like Beckham as well is a really key bridging point for this. And it's, it's like, the, the film is 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 very good for an independent film yes but i think that the impact of this film is actually more so on what it did afterwards rather than the quality of what the film is yeah because in terms of a timeline in england it was illegal is the wrong word but there was a ban from the football association on professional women's football until 1971 no. It was banned for fifty. It was basically yeah. it was, after, during the First World War. There were some professional women's leagues. Then obviously yeah, there were no men. There were no men to kick the ball around. And when mm. they came back, women's football was extremely popular. And so the FA banned it because they wanted their men's teams back and having all the crowds. And that ban was in place for about five decades. Yeah, it was it was illegal for you, as in, not in a legal sense, but in a footballing sense. You couldn't have a professional women's team until 1971. That's 31 years before this film comes which out. Which shows mm. a huge impact on like which, how you play with your kids. So, what and, could be yeah. opportunities. And when you consider that all the parents in this film were older than 31. Yeah. Like that's the world that they were born into. And now you look 20 years on from this film. You you know, you have things like Sam Kerr being on the cover of the FIFA football game last yeah. year. With um, whoever it was. I forget now. Kylian Mbappe. Like, like who's like one of the big stars of the men's game. And nobody's like... Well, nobody who's worth listening to is like, <laughs> oh, she shouldn't be that. Like that can everyone's like, yeah, that makes sense. Sam Kerr is really good at football. Like, it, yeah. it, like the, the change has been pretty remarkable. And when you talk to particularly members of the the British based team, certainly the England team, they all talk about, yeah, we watch Bandit like Beckham as as children. We were like, we can be professional yeah. professional women football. And yeah. stuff like they were never sexualized. I loved that. It was like they were getting changed in the change room. They were doing their workout routine. Yeah. They were and, in and they the were water because it was hot. Like yeah. they were, it was, at no point was everyone like, ooh, ooh. It yeah. was like, no, they're just getting changed. The only they're time they were, there was objectification was when there were the characters there objectifying them. Going yeah. like, you know, oh, it must be difficult for her to play with those boobs. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, and she was just training. She yeah. wasn't doing anything. And you could say, no, it's not. She's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, like... there was the mum playing with Kira Knightley's boobs as well. So. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that blow up, uh, that... The, the puff-up puff bra? Puff yeah. I remember the puff-up <laughs> bra. There was so much stuff I was like, oh, I remember those. Yeah, um, it was it was remarkable. But, it, but I think, yeah, this film, it... it it, 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 I don't think the phrase being ahead of its time is correct. I think it is extremely of its time. Yeah. Yes. But Perfect. it's, yeah, it's, it's really interesting that its attitudes towards these things and the way it discusses these issues, I think has largely remained quite, quite um, relevant to, to modern discussion. Like it's, it's a very well written film. It's very well considered. And I think it is because at, at no point do they go, oh, this one specific character is wrong. Yeah, mm. it shows how yeah. complicated it is. There is no yeah. bad person. There is no yeah. There are people villain. who do bad things. Yes. But there is nobody who is just inherently 100% I am a bad person. Yeah. I, I, I would argue Joe is one of the worst people in this film, to be honest, because I think it's, it's very, let's just say unbecoming for someone in a position of power in a coaching team like that yeah. mm. to have romantic liaisons with players, regardless of, of gender dynamic whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. i think that's that's right out and i don't like that the film romanticized kept that relationship going at the end mm. between i, him I and think Jess. what was uh yeah i think it was one of those things what helped was when they're trying to build it is that mm. one you could tell that uh when there was a 
obviously you had uh, one girl clearly had a crush on him and you could see him trying to keep it very professional of when she went for a hug, he didn't put his arms around her, all mm. that kind of stuff, but not calling it out, just going, that's all right, I'm not going to say anything. And then you could sort of tell that he was interested in her, but then made a very active choice to, you could sort of see he's like, no, nah, I'm staying professional. And the other, and then it's only when they're in Germany and they've had, both of them have had a lot to drink and she's going out there and he's going out to follow her because he can see that she's really drunk and he wants mm. to look out for her. And she's the one that makes mm. a move on him. Yeah. And so I think what's, what I thought was smart to have, because yeah, that I think the closest you go, oh, there's a power, there's a mm. power imbalance thing, um, is that again he doesn't even make a move on on her until he says that, oh, you're not a part of the team, the anymore. team anymore. Like he yeah. acted, so he actively doesn't make a move. So I thought it was smart on the writer's point of view that they were like, if we're gonna have this, mm. we don't like they don't kiss. Like that's what she says. We didn't kiss in Germany because she did. You know, she came in and stopped. Mm. But you didn't see them kiss until the airport when she was yeah. going off yeah. to America. And and he sort of wants to keep it. He mm. says, I think we could be something even if we're not yeah. together. So I think they did a really smart job of what can we do? Which again, I think shows having a woman <laughs> writing it of going, yeah. what can you do to show that yes, there is a power, there can be a, there is a power imbalance, but mm. how to make a possible romance where that's not even the, the focal point. Like most of the time he's there because he's like, I, you're really good. Mm. I think, you know. Um, and I, I, I do appreciate that at yeah. no point is it like, oh, you're getting in the team because you're romantically inclined with, no. with either Jess or Jules. But yeah, I also like the fact that, yeah, he wasn't the main focus. Like, no, I, I do appreciate and... that where it was like, I, I get that, yeah, film writers can't help themselves. So it's like we have to have the romance in there somewhere, sometimes. Did it add anything, though? It was going to be my question. Well, so... well it added complications. And I, I think, <laughs> yeah. like, otherwise, it would have probably made Jess's family much more antagonistic if yes. the only complication in her life was the family finding out, the family saying you can't play football. I think the fact that her and Jules fell out in a very believable way yeah, and that they even played games where they actively dislike but each other. But they still work together. But still work together. As I said, very, very Andy Cole, Teddy Sheringham, which is a time-appropriate reference. Two players that did not like each other, but played well together when they when they were on the field. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I thought that was that was really great because it... it well, no, no. Yeah. I, I, I think yeah. that the idea of having that antagonism, mm. you know, with the male coach and that type of thing still worked. Mm. But it, like the, the relationship issues that sort of occurred between Joe and Jess, I don't mm. feel like that really added anything. You could have still had that mm. perceived perception yeah. um, from the family. It still would have been the exact same thing from their perspective because, mm. let's be honest, they didn't see the kiss at the airport anyway. Yeah. Mm. So that, yeah, me, they, yeah, what was definitely David Beckham turned up. That's right. And he definitely was there. And that was absolutely him and Victoria. Of course. Were not buddy doubles in any way. No. I, I see what you mean. But also, because we're following from Jess... Yeah, we Jess sort of needs to be in the most turmoil possible for this to work in terms of because you need to believe she's being pulled everywhere. You know, she has to learn yeah. all of this traditional cooking as well as preparing for the wedding, as well as trying to play well in the team, as well as stressing on these exam results. She was as, still doing all of those. She things. was. That, that, that's that's my argument though. Yeah. Like she's still doing all of those things. Mm. But and I, you can still yeah. have that perceived perception. But, but for but, me, it didn't add anything. Yeah, I, it's not my favorite part of the film, but I. I, I understand why it's there. Yeah. I think it, they would have had one, you, you know, one, it can't be two lesbian 
So you add, yeah. a lot of 80s films will add, yeah. add a woman because they're like, these two men are too close. So All in right. this case, they added a man. <laughs> yeah, this time they added a man. I think two, you needed also when it comes to um, like that sort of romance. I like of coming of age of that sense of like, um, of that she chose, there was no, I get the guy, right? It's like, he want, he's the one that went to the airport and was like, I know you're going to be in America, but I feel like I'm willing, like I... You know, mm. I want to wait for you. Like he's yeah. waiting for he her. He ran in that very odd. Very run odd. That he had. He's not a sports guy. He's an actor. He's clear. <laughs> he's not a sports guy. They're like, you got the physique of a soccer player. He's like, I can't. I can't run. Yeah. Um, but hey, people run how they run. Um, but I liked. But I liked the fact that her her winning of her story was the family accepting her mm. and her wanting to go to college and yeah. for the for the football and that. It was, and the fact that it was like a side thing of, um, he goes in for the kiss and she's like, nah, my family can't handle everything. Yeah. And he's like, cool. I totally respect that. Mm. Um, that well, really cause, sucks. Cause he even says, but... I, I don't, when he sees her on the night of the wedding. Yeah. And he's like, I don't have this family unit. Like, I, yeah. like he's like, I can see why you don't want to sacrifice this. Yeah. Which I thought was a nice touch. And yeah. And I yeah. liked, yeah. So I, I don't think it necessarily adds a lot more but it doesn't detract from anything and mm. so i and i also like the fact that in the sense of coming of age of like also romance of you know of finding someone that she just gets and not planning it and mm. also that fear of that cultural thing of like intercultural yeah. and interracial dating for her family as well and what that means yeah um yeah i suppose but, it's just because i liked the the, the the focus where they had it on sort of the cultural aspect I, that that's mm. what had my interest and i felt like it took away from that yeah. that could have been explored a little bit more um not i'm not asking for massive but it, no. there could have been a little bit more on that which i think mm. would have been a more effective use of time so but at the yeah. end of the day it is what it is and yeah. it was still enjoyable and i'm yeah. not it, it, no, I, I think it's fair when, when you when you put as much into this film as they did there are always going to be bits that you know, individual audience members go like there'll be some who'll be like, oh, "I love the anti-network. I love seeing those yeah. little yeah. spine people going around." Other people might be like, oh, "Why? Why did we need all this? I want to see the football." Like, yeah. yeah. But what I think is that it covers a lot of ground, yes. and it covers it all quite well. I know. They, I mean, the fact that they were like, they were like, "Okay, how are we gonna? How are we gonna show this?" They sort of went, "Okay, we're gonna have like the sort of middle class, but sort of working class that have gone up to middle class with." the oh, just working class of um of like the of the white english family mm. then we're going to have the first generation immigrant family um and then we're going to have like a sports team that is really diverse and showing like again like that you know you've got to get those scholarships none of them are rich they they know they're doing it for passion mm. and then you have like um and then you have like an irish uh, coach right so mm. they i think they will try i think they did a really good job of showing the uh, sort of the array of that is sort of in England and also the the issues that everybody faces mm. in different ways due to culture or um, society or yeah. prejudice in different ways in the yeah. melting I, pot. I also appreciate, to build on that, that nobody's story felt incomplete no. in terms of how they represented it. Like the story Very of true. her father is my favourite story in that yes. film. Yes. How he turns up in England, he gets 
r- racially vilified yeah. and he's like right well i can't do what i love anymore and stops playing cricket yeah because of that and that is like such a great motivation for him to be against his his children being in sport and it is because he doesn't want her to get hurt yeah he and says then, that at the beginning of the film yeah, yeah and then when he sees her playing and he sees that she can play well but also sees that you know she got racially vilified it's not as though the problem exactly has what, gone away exactly what happened to yeah. him yeah yeah it, he sees what happened to him he's he's hurt by that not well because his child is experiencing the same thing he did and yeah. how much it hurt him but he after everything that happens in the film and that decision is brought to him he chooses to let in terms of you know as important as the parental permission is he chooses to allow or give his blessing to her pursuing that yeah because ultimately that's the thing that is most important to him and i really like the fact he's playing cricket at the end of the film and that they finish on that is such a great choice where it's like yeah yeah they've gone off to america they're fine look mr bamra gets to play cricket and yeah he's playing with with joe that's like a nice touch as well like it was just it was just really lovely like, yeah. yeah and it leads right into the sequel bat it like uh bradman so <laughs> yeah no i thought it was really especially because the fact that he said i was swore to myself that i would never play it again mm. but who does that hurt it only yeah. hurts me like mm. it only, like so that sense of mm. stopping someone because of what you're going to face but it's like if you have this passion for it if you have this love for it mm. you shouldn't yeah if you've got this skill it, uh, to stop yourself is to only it's not stopping the people that hate you and it's not stopping the people that don't think you're good enough yeah it only hurts you and i think that that was uh, and such a good point of like even when you know when she um with joe like going you know you haven't spoken to your dad how do you know that he doesn't respect the fact that maybe you do coach mm. right so it's that kind of he feels completely isolated from his family because mm. you he was like you grow to resent them and i think it shows that kind of isolation that he was experiencing um and then finding that found family in his in his team mm. and being a coach and feeling confident and not like and letting ch- it out on my dad and just finding community with other people mm. and he chooses um, to continue coaching the the yeah. women's team which obviously at that time is that would, he wouldn't have been respected for that yeah like you know this would have been seen as a leg up oh you know what you you were in the you know you're in the dirt like you know not yeah. taken seriously but you were, we've seen what you've done with these ladies yeah. i think you could actually be a proper but, coach yeah if, with some real players <laughs> with eh? some real players and he goes yeah nah, no I'll, I'll stay where i am yeah, yeah. and that's and, and that's great every character in this film that like is set up to have growth has some growth yes i think the only characters that don't have growth are tony and jules's dad and that's because neither of them really need it tony yeah. tony is like it, it, obviously he's he's gay and he's indian yeah. and he hasn't told anyone and we see him tell jess because he trusts her for the he's the first person yeah. he's told and that's Maybe that's like a very small journey, maybe in the film, yeah. but 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 he's just sort of like his head's pretty screwed on the whole way through, and he's very supportive. Yep. As is uh, Mr. Paxton. As is yeah. as is Jules' he's very dad. Supportive. He, and like to the point where he's like helping his wife understand the offside rule. Uh, you know, just just like he's always helping. He's always doing these things, even when he sees what he believes is evidence that his daughter might be a lesbian, and he's a bit shocked by it. He's he's not like the mum. <laughs> he doesn't run into the wedding and go, "How dare you, you slag!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he doesn't do that. He's just sort of like, "All right, well, I'm gonna work on that." And he's still supportive. He's still there at the end. He's making sure they get on the plane on time. Like he introduces himself to the parents. Yeah, like he's the one that goes, "Hey, our daughters clearly get along. I want to." Yeah, you know, it's um, it's just it's just like yeah, it's like th- those characters were like they set might up. Kiss. 
further down the line, so he's just covering all bases. <laughs> just in case, yeah, like, just, oh, just, God. He's just, just like, I've got this covered. So. Yeah, but but it was like those those characters aside, everyone experiences some level of growth. Yep. They're either a huge level of growth that was needed or they're on the way yeah. to being more and understanding. And it was never about picking one or the other. Mm. And that's what, when she says to her, her parents, I don't want to lie to you anymore. Mm. I was happy playing it because I wasn't lying because her dad, she knew her dad. She knew that her dad knew that she was there. Yeah. Right. So mm. it wasn't this thing of you can only have one or the other. You can't, you know, that, and I think that is a huge identity crisis for, um, for her and even her, even her sister in a way mm. um, of like, it's sort of like, are you Indian or are you English? Mm. Are you, you know, who, who are you? I, I also that transition of a child and an adult, like, and, uh, like in culture and where you sit, like, and I think that's a, that sense of binary, you're one or the other, you like, what are you? And uh, she doesn't lose any of it. Mm. It's sort of her going, no, I think you, c- you can, like, there's not, I'm just who I'm me. Yeah. And if, and I am who I am and I can, ha- and that acceptance mm. is what bridges it all. It's the fact of the fear of ostrac of not. Mm. having community and isolation but when you when it's embraced that's where you find happiness she does have to be of a level of basically being an exceptional footballer though for that to happen that that is one thing that is like it's a film that's how films work like i I, i'm i would have been really curious to see a version of this story where the scout doesn't take her on yeah but she's still spoken to her family and gone playing this game makes me happy yeah and she might still go off and train to be a solicitor and play football as as, as yeah. an amateur. Well, I guess her... I guess and, like, whether, her, how the family would have yeah. accepted that or not accepted that could have been quite interesting as well. Yeah. I it think it's because her goal is that yeah. she wanted to be a professional footballer. So it's yeah. sort of like... And we already know how difficult... It's like it's one of those things where we're like, look, we know how difficult it's going to be. So the fact that... Yeah. Yeah, you're exceptional. Yeah. And, and she's just going off to college. Like, she's not yeah. become a professional. Like, she, she could you know crash and burn and come back in two years time yeah i mean she's still studying yeah like that's because they get you to go there but but, but but the point is is that that pathway hasn't been blocked off yes and that's what's really like the the, the moral of the story i guess is yeah. don't don't block people's path to goal yeah, yeah don't yeah. be the wall i love that the wall in the when she's in the final when she's taking the free kick is just made up of all of her relatives all of her, all of her aunties and her glorious. sister yeah. and her mum it's yeah. the it's the best bit of footage in the film and at the same time the worst bit of footage in the film yes just because it the, the camera becomes the ball as the free kick is taken yeah. and the path that camera took that that qpr goalie is useless like oh she, my god <laughs> she, they, they might as well have just sat down on a chair yeah. out she, of she was stood way too far on on the right hand side of the goal to start leaning up against the goal post yeah and then when the ball's coming across that should be a nice easy catch take it to extra time just fall on it and instead she just whoop like misses I it mean, completely one, it's slow motion that's true so it would have in theory would have been going a lot quicker and two mm. It was a film camera, <laughs> with Not a, a ball. like a with a with a with a very it would have been a very tough like camera dolly system that they yeah. would have had to have done. So they would have gone, "What's the most realistic? We need to get the aunties hmm. at a certain sweep. We need to yeah. go down. What can we do?" And yeah. they would have gone, "Well, it's slow motion, so it'll it'll look like a really cool." Yeah, we 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 definitely being needlessly picky. Yeah. It's and really... it was probably the fortieth take, and she was really sore because she just <laughs> yeah. thumped on and that ground. And they were like, "We can't that. show her hmm. kicking the ball." I thought it was very smart for them to go. That was none great, of them yeah. are. She's not, well, the rest of the team are, but she's not a soccer player. This is a good kick. And, and so far they tried to show all of them doing the, the drills and as much as possible. So mm. what a smart way to go. 
she does this really cool kick. Yeah. But you don't have to see the ball because you are the, the ball. ball. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, but that's it's like great. the film because you've been like, yeah, that, you've seen from a... that first person perspective the yeah. entire time. Yeah, it so. is a really smart choice. It is also just very funny though at the same time to yeah. like imagine this ball, even though they're in slow motion, the way their heads are moving is a lot. Like it, yeah. it, the ball essentially feels like it was a cartoon ball that was just like filled with helium, just going. But shell in soccer, great for yeah. an indie film because they would have gone. Mm. We know she's not necessarily going to get this really cool shot. Yeah. So what are we going to do for uh, an indie film? And honestly, enough, without like, a big it, budget, in terms of like films about football that try and depict football matches, this does great. This is one of the better ones. Yes. Like like uh, you, you did jokingly say shell in soccer before. Yeah. Which is I would point out one of the other great examples, but it's not really. Shooting it's, football it's matches. About, no, no, it, no. It's shooting martial arts sequences with a ball. Yes. In in the middle, you know, we, we, like the goal films, which came out a few years after this, which yep. is about a young American guy going and playing for a professional Premier League team. Yeah. I've not gone back and watched them since they came out, but I would, I would, I'd be happy to bet a penny that um, the football matches are not as well shot in that film as maybe the ones in this one. I think I, it probably helps that they literally probably were like every other woman on that team knew how to play soccer yeah it, it was yeah I, I think the film really knows its strengths which yes. is character drama great actors um and editing yeah. and they yeah. went right we're not gonna be able to depict football in the traditional sense and also we see a football match at the very beginning of this we see yeah. actual footage of manchester united playing Anderlecht in yeah. a champions league match so like we we see that and we see it happening and that's the only time we see professional football or things like that you know, David Beckham, who this film is named after, is a surprisingly absent character in this film. I was so glad about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he wasn't going to turn up like, yeah. and sit on the bed and go, well, Jess, it's okay. You follow your dreams, Jess. Like that was never going to happen, no. thankfully. Because yeah, they, they couldn't afford him. Yeah, no. <laughs> and it would have been terrible. Yeah, um, but they, I, I, I think it was really interesting. Uh, to be honest. Also, I love the fact that she does the same thing that her mum does. Mm. Because uh, she talks, she talks to the poster mm. um, for her day, and yeah. hoping things are great. And it's very much about like a place of worship. Yes. Um, and and, then, you, and then the living room, the mum mm. does the exact same. So that sense of of fi- trying to find a connection and 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 trying to find strength mm. within yourself. And she was just using yeah. Beckham as a as a as an image of something that she could aspire to be. Yeah. And I um, think though the reason that this film this film is incredibly well written. Mm. Yes. And very well performed. But I think the reason this film is a success is because they put David Beckham's name on it. This film would have been excellent if they'd named yeah. if it had been another footballer at the time, you know, whack it like Rooney or, you know, something yeah, like that. Yeah, but Bendelai Beckham is great, but Beckham yeah. was oh, huge. Yeah. Oh my goodness, like Michael Owen. Who like, whoever, yeah, footballers at the time. Rounders like Rooney at least. Yeah, so, right, true, rounders so. like Rooney. But yeah, it, they could have done any sort of iteration of, you know, uh, you know, blast it over the bar like Baggio, whatever it is. Exactly, like they could yeah. they could have they could have done any of those things, but making it messy yeah pe- people would not necessarily have engaged with it as no, much it was as an independent film starring yeah. two girls one of them a woman of color about uh, no there's no and it was an independent film yeah yeah and yep. one of them was uh Keira knightley who had only been in the first star wars film in terms of big films at this time like mm. this is pre-pirates this is pre-love actually yeah um you know an amazing bit of casting for this film yeah in terms of like oh my god Kira Knightley's in this film I'll go watch it but putting Beckham's name in the title even though he is this sort of like aspirational figure mm. but doesn't necessarily affect the story in any meaningful way is so clever so smart but it also oh. tells you what it's about straight away if you yeah. know Beckham you're like oh footy mm. great and it, it just hit the cultural zeitgeist at the time it really did so yeah yeah it's just 
this film had a lot go right for it. And I'm so glad. <laughs> like, I, also, I did also notice that you guys laughed at the point when, you know, this, uh, uh, in the start of the film where I said, oh, there was some Americans not getting a, a point in mm. the film. And I was like, oh, I won't say what it is. And then when the moment happened in the film, you guys laughed. And okay. Go, oh, yeah. And it was when she gets, um, uh, when she gets called a slur and she goes off and um, the coach is there with her and she was just like, you don't understand. And he says, yeah, no, of course I do. I'm Irish. And then mm. the, you guys laughed. Yeah. And yeah, that was I, funny. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and so like there was a thing of the one of the Americans going, "Oh my god, I was so insensitive that he didn't, that he didn't get it," and blah blah blah. Yeah, and um, and everyone else was like, "Well, no, yeah, he totally gets it. He, he did. Yeah. He, he totally yeah. understands." Yeah, um, you, you, you know, <laughs> this if this film was made thirty years earlier, it could honestly have been called Bend It Like Best" and been about an, like a Northern Irish or thing, Irish well, kid well, coming over and getting that same vilification. Yeah, and that, well, that's yeah. the thing is that like ninety eight was the end of the. Technically, they signed with the independence, and it was the, the end of the troubles. Was like ninety eight, mm. yeah. yeah. And so this is mm. like, um, yeah. So well, well, yeah, the, the republic, the Republic of Ireland, they started signing their thing, but the troubles mm. or whatever after thirty whatever years yeah. was, I think it was ninety eight. It's around it's around the late nineties is when the Good yeah. Friday Agreement is happening. And uh, yes, look, the Good Friday Agreement. Yeah, yeah. and and then, look, the fact is, is but people don't always know that people don't. No, always... and that's what people were going yeah. when they were talking about historical context because there was some people that just didn't know. Going, mm. I can't believe this white got. And it was them going, no, like for him being Irish mm. in England yeah. and then he and growing up and uh, like in the 90s and having to go there and all like that is he would have he would have exactly have mm. known yeah. the prejudice yeah. that he would have faced being in England. Yeah, that's 100 percent. So mm. when that moment would have happened in when people would have been watching it at that time, it would have been mm. like that kind of understanding straight away where I think people would have gone, yes, this is a. That I guess that sort of relation uh, of I guess when they're talking about different communities and stuff coming yeah. together of like understanding of and 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 that's kind of know. the thing as well is like England in the UK has like a lot of um, you know places like America and Australia has a lot of um, post Second World War uh, cultural mix mixing happening you know because yeah. you obviously have people coming over from the caribbean as you say with the irish i mean i'm half english my dad's side of the family are all english but my mum's side of the family are all from northern ireland yeah so like i technically came from like a mixed household yeah but it, you know i was born end of the 80s so growing up um there were a lot of those holdover yeah prejudices that existed in terms of um attitudes and opinions but I'm, you know, you go back now, thirty years on, and those prejudices still exist. But as you say, that they're, they're lessened because of how things have happened in the thirty years since. There hasn't yeah. been necessarily a new troubles uh, or things like that. Yeah. Um, there are still obviously big issues that come up all the time, and that there are still those. Yeah. Those. I guess it's one of those things those, that if you weren't yeah. around, and especially like in yeah. the UK or in Britain, of like of the relationships between England and Ireland. Um, and then also, again, because mm. you talk about the dad and how he immigrated and the racism that he faced and also because India, part of the co British colony and mm. same with Ireland. So it had that kind of sense of, you know, yeah. that coming in and being... And then at the end, the two of them playing cricket. It, it was sort of... It was very... Which is such an English... That's yeah, sport, and so having that. so that yeah. kind of like having an Irish, having an, an Irishman and an Indian. an Indian playing cricket, yeah, and but the cricket being such a sport um, in his culture, and mm. um, and that sort of bringing together of yeah. like I of I understand where you're coming from, even though, and that but then again the sister going, mm. 
uh, an English guy, and he, she's like, no, he's Irish. And he was like, oh, they all look the same to me. Like yeah. that, which is quite very funny because, you know, of, yeah. Um, but all Caucasians look alike. Yeah, but it's yeah, a trope obviously. of that kind of like that <laughs> cultural uh, thing that you a joke that would get used in any other film mm. about like uh, people of different ethnicities and stuff, like for yeah. a white character to say that. So it's that kind of, yeah. yeah. It was very, yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on. And I think mm. that they, because it was based in realism and mm. real experiences that that could all just be that could all just be there mm. but i think i think yeah i feel like that's the only one line that without any other context of europe yeah or england and ireland in the 90s you just wouldn't it wouldn't make sense to someone yeah but but, but the film does i think quite a good job in going yeah. you don't necessarily need that exactly yeah. and i that's why for a little bit that one line like i think on tiktok or something yeah. and like pretty much a lot of people in the uk and eu like shut it down really quickly mm. for some like americans like teenagers watching it for the first yeah. time because it's still so relevant now because i guess they it doesn't date even that's dated it, well it's yeah. a great period film it, it, it I is a great before, period film it shows exactly what was going on at the time it has shown its age in a couple of parts for example a, a a group of british teenagers being able to freely travel to hamburg with no passport requirements just being able to to just travel anywhere in this european union that's like what what a what a silly fantastical notion like because you even said wage you were like oh are they all gonna have passports and i was like it's the eu they'll never leave that they'll stay together and i'm like a different country like you know no we need a passport to go to rotness for crying out loud so i mean yeah no no there, there was this magical thing where for about 40 or 50 years or so you could travel to other countries in europe from britain if you're a british, a british citizen without needing a passport and now you do. And that's where we'll stop talking about that. Okay. Because this episode is already long enough yes. uh, as it is. Uh, would you like some trivia about Bend It Like Beckham? Yes. Okay. All of this trivia comes from IMDb. So if it's not true, don't blame me. Uh, the first bit of trivia is that uh, Parminder Nagra, who played Jess, was worried that the scar on her leg, uh, which is a real scar, was oh. going to prevent her from getting the role of Jess. Mm. Um, instead, the scar and the story behind it were worked into the script. I thought it was great. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, the scarred leg wasn't a big part of the story, but it was a, a hurdle for her to overcome. She didn't like the idea of playing in shorts because it shows this yeah. big burn scar that she has on her leg. Um, and again, the actor didn't want to audition because she thought, I'm going to have to wear shorts for a lot of this film. Yeah. And well, then like that, the they, film, they, yeah. he's like, he goes, they're not going to notice because of how well you're playing. Yeah. And like you... I, I'll be honest, don't. I forgot about it. Yeah. Like, yeah, like when I'm watching her in the actual matches after that, Oh, my leg scene. Um, I never even clocked it. Yeah. You know, it was just like, it's not important to the story. But it originally, so well. Oh, well, originally I thought it might have been sort of um, a, a cultural thing because the mum mentioned, was it the mum or the dad? I think it was in the dream sequence at the start where they said, oh, not having you play in front of like 70,000 people where men can see your legs and things like that. I mean, there is that aspect I as mean, well. I mean, it's just being half so, naked in front of a bunch of people. Um, no, yeah, it was, yeah. And that's just what I thought it was mm. when i saw her in the stands i'm like oh okay so there's that she's yeah. a bit uncomfortable culturally mm. about that oh and yeah and then her mum says you know people can see your legs so it has that extra level of mm. yeah sense of and again beauty for the mum that's that leg is a sign of her failure as a mum of like she had to work extra again they're from a working class family she wasn't there when the burn happened yeah, yeah her big sister had to look at that's yeah that kind mm. of i'm you look like that because of me and yeah. and yeah it's, so 
classism. Layers. It's layers. Layers. So many layers. Yeah. Many of the wedding guests in the movie were relatives of the director, Gurinder Chada, and they added realism by throwing themselves wholeheartedly into the scenes, treating the shoot as if it were a real wedding. I love it. It looked great. Yeah, it looked yeah. like they had a great time. Mm, yeah. Authentic. That, that one guy just doing Love the it. little the little heart dance. Oh, oh like, yeah. He was, he, he was wonderful. Um, I didn't realise how much stuff in, it impacted the zeitgeist of like kids of what we did. Because mm. I knew so many boys that did that move. And oh, also yeah? the, the juicy mangoes. Oh, yeah. Um, we'll the, turn these little mosquito bites into juicy, juicy mangoes. mangoes. <laughs> so many of us as kids set that line. Like there were so many things in there where me as a kid, I was like, oh, my God. We mm. did so many of the stuff because of, of this movie. Mm. Yeah. The chauffeur driver of the Rolls Royce in the wedding scene was not an actor, but an actual chauffeur. Uh, he was unaware that he was in a film. He believed instead he was simply at a wedding with a lot of cameras. It was only discovered he was in the film when, to his surprise, one of his relatives saw him in the background when they went to go see the film. And yeah, he's just standing there just like, oh, there's a lot of people here. But yeah. Well, he's... that's why he was getting a bit shocked when Kira Knightley rocked up and was like, hey. And he's like, oh. And the mum's like, you're lesbian. He's like, <laughs> he's probably like, oh, this wedding's got everything. <laughs> <laughs> but it also makes me go, oh, well, you know, you have, you have, you know, media release things. I was like, it shows how indie they were because they were like, yeah, it's fine. You, yeah. You don't have to sign anything. I just... I, I wish that we had a little bit of commentary from him because the story that he must have gone back and told his family <laughs> like, about that day yeah, would have been like, amazing They to were insisting to. on getting it right. They must have walked out of that church ten times. And I was like, when do I get to drive these people away? And, yeah. and called, same person called them a lesbian like ten times as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, much of the movie's plot centres around the main character's goal of going to the United States to play professional soccer for the Women's United Soccer Association. And there are highlight clips shown of several of the league superstars. On September the 18th, 2003, just seven weeks after the movie's official release in the United States, uh, the WUSA was suspended. Um, its operations were suspended due to financial problems. However, happily, there is a professional women's league still going in the USA, and it is one of the better leagues going. Yeah. But it was just very unfortunate. They're like, yeah, the WUSA, look at it, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's gone. Uh, <laughs> it's very unfortunate. The team that Manchester United are shown at the beginning of this film that they're playing are the Belgian side, uh, RSC Anderlecht. Uh, for those interested, which is probably just me, uh, the game shown was a group stage game of the UEFA Champions League held at Old Trafford on September the 13th in the year 2000. Manchester United won 5-1. Well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, they, I don't think they'd pick a game where they lost. Well, they had to score a goal so they could edit her in in that really slightly dodgy looking slightly green screen. Slightly dodgy, but not too bad. Again, for an independent for an indie film, film yeah. from that, like that's... 2001. I, yeah, I was to... like, oh, it doesn't look like someone's just drawn her in. Like, yeah, you can, you can you see... Can see it. It's rough, but it's like, it, it still works. You can yeah. still go, I see what they're going for. Yep, it's a good header. It's about she's Star Wars onside. Quality, right? <laughs> like, yeah, so. and she's having a dream. It's a dream sequence. Yeah. Can, it can be as weird as she wants. Yeah, although, I mean, I wouldn't partner with, with Soul Sharp, which appeared to be who she was playing up front with, but that's just a tactical <laughs> thing. They're, they're both very similar in their play style. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. Uh, the final piece of trivia. This is one of my favourite bits of trivia okay. I have ever come across oh. for a film because it's so unusual. This film was the first Western film allowed to be shown in North Korea. Oh. Huh. Mm. How bizarre. For context, it was broadcast on Boxing Day 2010. It was edited to be just an hour long instead of the original 112 minutes. Oh. What did they cut? Probably all the romance stuff. They're probably like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, yeah. Just the soccer yeah, stuff yeah. is all they kept, so. Yeah. 
Although Bendit Like Beckham is about a sport beloved by North Koreans, the film also uh, tackled taboo topics such as interracial relationships, homosexuality, and religion. So those were the aspects that were cut out. Um, But um, the British ambassador to South Korea, Martin Uden, um, put up on on Twitter after it was discovered this happened, said that uh, it was the first ever Western film to air on TV in North Korea and that it was partly by arrangement with the British embassy in South Korea. During the film, a message was broadcast saying it was being shown to mark the 10th anniversary of the establishment of diplomatic ties between Britain and North Korea. And they were like, what's, what's the film? They're like, Bend it like Beckham. Yeah. This is the f- well, the thing is, is Kim Jong-il, uh, who was leader at the time, was a fanatical film watcher. Like, yeah. like he was fanatical in a lot of ways, but he loved film. Yeah. Um, and was said to have a library of like fifteen thousand films. Yeah. Like he, like he, he loved films, and that's one of the things they make fun of him in the Team America movie as well. Um, but yeah, he, he, like he wanted to direct Hollywood level like propaganda films, and like they would kidnap Amer- like Western filmmakers and <laughs> and make them make films in North Korea. Jesus. Like yeah, there was there was this whole thing. Like like he he loved films so. I like to think he was involved in the selection process. If it was like we have to, we've decided we're going to celebrate ten years of diplomatic relations between Great Britain and North Korea. What film do you pick? Hmm. Well, it can't show how great democracy is. Yeah. And it can't show how great England is. And it has to be something that we all like. We we like football. And yes. and also you know they're you know they're Asian. Not our Asian, but they're, you know, they're, they're there. Like, yeah. you know, what, no, there's barely any, this is yeah. a good, what a good middle ground. It's I not, am trying to think what other films, like, would Flushed Away have been a consideration? <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of, like, British films. Like, you can't have The Great Escape. No. That, that's no, 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 that's no, straight out. The King and I probably also no, out. No, yeah. James Bond. Yeah, can't have anything depicting any of the British royalty. Like, King's Speech was pretty fresh then, but uh, I... Uh. I Could you imagine if it was Monty Python? They'll be like, oh, it's a universal yeah. language. Yeah, hoping that all the people in North Korea go, no, let's not go to England. It is a silly place. <laughs> Mr. Bean. <laughs> Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean would be a good suggestion. A good one, yeah. yeah. Mr. Bean's holiday. You know oh, what? Though? I'm glad it was Bennett Lovebeck. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. they don't want um, people going on holiday from North Korea. That's much, true, so. yeah. No, no, good so. point. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, Bennett like Beckham, even a cut-down hour-long version. Um, yeah. not, not bad. Like, that's the, I feel like that's a good choice. And with that... Let's score the film. Uh, Wade, it was your first time watching Bend It Like Beckham. What score would you give this film out of 10? I'd give it a probably, probably a good 7 out of 10, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, it was, it was fun. It touched on a lot of different aspects. The casting was great. I actually quite liked the editing. Mm. Um, so I thought that was well done. The direction was delightful because mm. uh, that's where its strength was. The cast was good, mm. but the direction made them shine. Yeah. Um, so, at, yeah, I think a good solid 7 out of 10. So I would happily rewatch that straight away. Okay. Oh, she also did Bride and Prejudice. Who did? Oh, the director. Oh, so I was right. looking at some of the other films that she that she made and Blinded by the Light. Oh, okay, sorry. No, no, that's all good. Oh, Angus Knowles and Perfect Snogging? Okay, sorry. There's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Uh, Kate, what, what uh, score would you give this film out of 10? Uh, yeah, again, I, I was like, yeah, thinking of like 7, like 7, maybe 7.5. I think it's a, like for the fact that this was an independent film, would have not had a huge budget. Mm. I, I thought it was done really well. I think it holds up. I think it, I think, yeah, it's directed really well. Yeah, it was just a really good 
movie and it makes me wish that there was a sequel you know what i mean i know mm. that you shouldn't i like the open-endedness um and everyone's age mm. it's been nearly 30 years mm. um you know but it it's such yeah such a rich world for like such a yeah you don't get films like this anymore mm. it was a movie that started without any music you know it's just yeah, it was yeah, just it was they just just a bit of football commentary from the late great John Motson. Yeah, it was just a, like you said, no big villains. There wasn't any, yeah. you know, laser in the sky. <laughs> there was no laser in the it sky. Was just, it was like nice film. Absolutely, yeah. it was yeah positive. And the writing, I didn't mention the writing. Yeah, I mean, the writing was really, was really tight. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. The, the, honestly, the only bits of writing where I was like, mm, was some of the writing on how people talked about football. Hey. But that's just because of being someone that watches a lot of football and talks about football, like if you turned off a football match like happens at the beginning of the game, I wouldn't go, but it's Beckham's corner because he's going to do that six or seven times in the game and that's not the exciting thing in a football match. Like that's, that's it, yeah. it was just little choices like that. Yeah. But honestly, things where, you know, when, when you watch a film that you've got like a, an, an area of interest in, you go, yeah, but it's a film. But yeah, things where you go, I'm willing to let that go. You, yeah. Yeah, as opposed to the, the alternative, the, the Malcolm Sears example, of when you're watching Sherlock Holmes and they say, we're going to go to the um, Scotland Yard graveyard and then they show an aerial shot and my father-in-law in the cinema went, that's not the Scotland Yard graveyard. I've been to the Scotland Yard graveyard and that isn't it. It's amazing. <laughs> I think it's more important, to, sorry Malcolm, to <laughs> air you out like that. But yeah, I think it's I think it's probably better to be more like, yeah, we'll let it go. Yeah. And I, I think this film is great. I thought it's a great film. Yeah. I think that, like, I, I do think that the mum scene, the, the, the white mum and dad, Mm. where um, she's thinking of all the signs that her daughter was a lesbian and the dad doesn't say anything mm. and it slowly pans in. A part of me, honest to God, thinks that that might have been the only real point where they, where the actress improvised. where Because there was so much stuff that felt... It just was the only mm. moment that I went, I wouldn't be surprised if the actress... If they went, just say some... Just say some extra stuff. When she was talking about the sarong and yeah. everything, like a part of me was like, I feel like she was just... A, they're going, just say a bit of things and just have the dad not... He's just like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was um, because I don't know why, but it might have been written, but I don't know why. That was mm. the only part that I went. It didn't s- stick out, but I yeah. just went because the writing's so good. That the writing just, is great. It's so good. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think this film is, is really remarkable. It's a really good film. And um, I I will not hesitate in giving it eight pump up bras out of ten. I eight, think it's, oh yeah. yeah, I think it's, um, it's actually pretty remarkable they made that the, the film is as good as it is for yeah. a film which i believe had like a five and a half million dollar budget That's and it made almost 10 times that oh, in yeah. fact it did make more it made i think 70 million in the end right um, like it like it, it it did well you know uh, and again you put david beckham's name on something and, and it sells certainly certainly at that time yeah and i love it that i wonder how much they paid david because at the end it just said thanks again, yeah a special thanks to <laughs> yeah. i would love it if he did it for no money but Probably not. He probably didn't know, but um, but he hey, look, man's got to work. But he probably didn't do it for like a huge amount of money because they were able to make still make the film. Yeah. Um. So it was probably more just like a, yeah, just a, a customary like thank you fee, like that kind of thing yeah. potentially. Well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe he was like, no, this is this is good. I'm I'm totally fine. I like that they thanked Mia Hamm as well because yeah, because she, she was in the posters in yeah. the other bedroom, and as in well, terms of like I mentioned a lot, she was the David Beckham equivalent in the women's yeah. game at the time. Mm. Like Mia Hamm was arguably better uh, <laughs> in terms of football, her discipline. Um, but yeah, um, it, it, it was nice. It just it just felt like a nice big family film. Yeah. Um, so 
Yeah, uh, Kate and Wade, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Thank you so much for having Thanks me. Thanks so much for having oh, I'm so happy I watched this film. It's been so long. Yeah, and uh, I, I presume you're all going to be around in a couple of days. We're going to watch all the World Cup matches together, yeah? Sounds fabulous. No, but I'll keep an actual update. Like, okay. I'll actually go, oh, what's going on? What's happening? Excellent. Yeah. Um, and for those of you listening at home, thank you for joining us this week. Uh, as we say, the Women's World Cup is on, but I'm not being paid to advertise them, so I'm going to talk about this program instead. Uh, we're available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Uh, you can subscribe and get a new episode each and every week. We're also on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. You can get uh, extra bonus goodies and features, and we have our Facebook page. Just search for us there to like, follow, get news and updates. Um, Best of luck to everyone playing in the in the Women's World Cup. I uh, hope everyone has a great time, and we'll be back next week talking a lot less about football, I promise. Uh, but that is all for this week. So until next time... Goal! 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 You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.